0: Plus.
3: Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to the Misery Hunters Podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn, and joining me today is Mark Jordan. Hello. Sam Smith. Hello. And Craig Devine, who is on mute. Happy New Year. Ross Davidson isn't here again and uh, I just have to comment that the rumours about having re- in rehab are completely unfounded, untrue. Uh, the reason he's not on the podcast is actually much worse and we're not actually legally allowed to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think we, before we kind of go on to talk about signings and stuff like that that have happened, we'll, we'll, we need to kind of talk about the football and the, the goalkeeping masterclass that we happen to see at Comarnock, So we'll go to Craig first. Thoughts on the match? <laughs> uh, one of the well, definitely
4: the worst game I've seen this year. Um I can say that for a fact. <laughs> That's true. Um don't think Emma would disagree with that. Um I think we started out quite pleased with the team selection. I think that was kinda unanimous online certainly for what I saw. Um I thought that Tate going off injured quite early on after getting need kneed in the heat. Um completely changed whatever game plan we maybe had and then I thought we uh, Mason had a, a torrid time up against Chris Burke. Um certainly Burke kinda of skipped past him for, for their goal I thought quite easily. And then obviously you get McCarthy deciding they didn't what to really jump for it at all. Um almost the equivalent of a free hit a free header as far as I thought. Um but no I thought in the second half we, we did at least try and play a bit more got the ball down had a lot more of it um, tried to kind of play and we were huffing and puffing a wee bit i thought between the midfield and the, the forward line the supply was really poor so you can't really fault the strikers too much um apart from Erwin come on and it was Shaheep, um no we just couldn't make it happen and but we didn't need to because you've obviously got danny rogers there to do it for us which um what can you say about it it's horrific It was worse than the Joe Lewis spilling the ball a few weeks back um, for our graph spinner. Um, (laughs) I I don't know what else to say about it. It was was horrific. It's it's one of the ones that will go down in history.
1: I think you've been very unkind to Lee Irwin's key contribution to that goal there. (laughs) The the solid yard that the ball travelled off his head onto Stuart Finley's head (laughs) and then into the top corner was an
4: absolute raster. That was all, Irwin. Aye,
2: to be fair, I think i done it without him. Aye, I, uh, I can't believe it when I watched it. It was just one of the ones that you <laughs> see kind of happen in other leagues or in other games and you never think, ah, we'll never get that lucky. But some I don't know why he took the step back that he didn't need to take. He caught the ball at a decent height. He was well in front of his line and then somehow ended up in the back of the net. I think it's just mental. That I think... He thought it was a lot further and look further away than he was because I think he kind of turned round and I think it was Broadfoot and Aaron McGowan turned around and looked at each other and they were like, oh, "For fuck's sake!" Yeah. But nah I think Rogers tried to say it wasn't over the line, but there wasn't much complaining for the rest of the team. But uh, it's the Markins are a good team if you're able to play push for ninety minutes and still somehow come away with a points. The marker champions, in my opinion, <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, it is a, a, a bit mental that. Like, we, we know the kind of keeper Danny Rogers is and we've always said that he has a mistake in him. We need to challenge him more. So it is a wee bit mental that we went so long, like a whole game without having a shot on target against them. And then it nearly looked like this was going to be the same thing again. Like, I don't know when our first shot on target against them again in this game was, like the 68th minute or something like that. Um, It definitely seemed like it was going to be one of those games. Um, Yeah, Brandon Mason had... Like not the, the greatest of games that we've seen from him. Uh like Chris Burke was giving him a torrid time. Uh could have been something to do with the pitch, but then both teams had to play on it. Brandon Mason did mention that the pitch was like they, they, they just didn't want to like fall on it because of how hard it was. Um but then yeah, Danny Rogers basically gifted as a gifted as a point, which really didn't look like it was coming. Well, it looked like time was running out because we started picking our game up towards the end of um. that match like we we forced Danny Rogers into a decent save from I think it was Connor McCarthy's header and then Shaughnessy, and, Shaughnessy? Then oh, Shaughnessy and then McCarthy it was Shaughnessy's
2: fault he never scored
3: yeah Sam Foley would have got that straight into the goals <laughs> 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 but yeah God knows uh, what Danny Rogers was thinking of there. Um, I, I do absolutely love his face. It's like the complete opposite of, um, you know, Davey Marshall's one. <laughs> just, uh-huh. just the absolute outrage that he sees. But, like, I think he knows he's fucked up there and he's went, ah, oh, shit. Because even the commander defenders, both of them, that were there, both turned around and went, ah, oh, shit. Both of them looked like, what the fuck have you just done? Um. So, yeah, it was a poor match, but we managed to get a point from it. Um. We bit disappointed that Waters wasn't selected. That's my only selection issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah,
2: that was heartbreaking.
3: as was you, I said
4: before I, the game, I was got today. it wasn't in the team.
3: It wasn't even on the bench. You said that Alex Dyer <laughs> shot himself that much that he had no possibility <laughs> of him being anywhere near the park.
1: It's nice of Mason to put in a tribute performance to oh, Waters. That so
3: is true. That is
1: true. It was very best. Waters impression. I didn't realise until I went back to watch the the goals earlier on that. Mason gave the ball away as well so Mason puts a a really shoddy touch on it it goes to Burke and then he fails to tackle Burke twice before Burke gets the the cross in and Burke Burke's phenomenal right don't get me wrong he's 37 (laughs) 37 on a frozen plastic pitch and he's turned allegedly the fastest left back that Jim Goodwin's ever worked with inside out into a cross in it's it's disappointing
2: Uh, I don't know how much much the pitch had to kind of play with it because if we're still training at uh, the stadium, we've not really get the luxury of being able to get, adjust to playing on an astro part. So that I'm not kind of too sure if we have trained distance down at Ralston maybe for the week to get used to it. But it looked as if it was the first time that we've played on a surface that shite for a while.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of saw that quite a lot of players were slipping and falling. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, luckily not too much at any like too important times, but like. Uh, like I think there was one point that like, the camera was just came across and Shaughnessy was just lying on the deck uh, just because he'd lost um, grip on the pitch another move I don't think Sam Foley would have done but um, we need to stop these jokes <laughs> ah, even I'm getting yeah. sick of it now <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah we, we, we got the point and yeah Thank you,
4: sorry I was just saying thank you, Danny the fanny <laughs>
1: <laughs> coming on to us and finally one of Stubbs signings beginning to pay off for
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I read um, Alex Dyer's interview after the game as well and, and how I think he said like, you know, we're kind of coasting and didn't really feel you know, felt like good value for the win and everything and it's not how I felt at all watching the game. I know that the goal's a bit fortuitous and didn't look like either team really had a goal any more other than, than what had happened but I didn't think Kelly were up to,
3: yeah, up to much at
1: all I'm I don't getting get used us a draw was a
3: result
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally yeah I think if you take the actual chances out of it like a draw would have been a draw all over it um, one shot on target for us isn't ideal mm-hmm.
3: I, um, noticed, I noticed quite a lot of the um, sort of media publication said that Kilmarnock were very dominant and you could clearly tell that they've probably not really watched that match. They've just um, took the quotes that Dyer said and yeah. had a quick look at the highlights. Yeah, the highlights package didn't look too great. I'd imagine trying to edit that together. But like uh, I wouldn't say Kilmarnock were dominant at all. Like We had you pretty much the lion's share of possession. We looked like we were... The more dangerous side in the second half, like towards the end of the second half, uh, definitely. Um, but then again, yeah, we, we just weren't feeding our strikers. That that's the main issue. Like we can moan about how much we need a new striker, which we'll obviously get onto in a wee minute, um, as much as we want. But like if you're if you're not getting the balls into the strikers, then you're you're never going to score. And luckily, we didn't need to. We just had a an ex-player do it for us. I was like, yeah,
4: I would I'd agree with what you said there. Um, I think one in particular I took issue with was that, um, I think so the headline that you're maybe talking about, not the old form, said a dominant Comarnock, yeah. and I, I commented on it saying, I don't know how you could watch that game and take that from it. Um, you're right, I think we had majority of possession, we had the majority of passing. I didn't take Comarnock's dominance for that game in the slightest. I kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm
1: aside,
3: I don't think they they troubled
2: us a thought. Our defence looked stronger than their defence as well. Mm-hmm. 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 Definitely, I Again, it's another week where honestly I can't remember Anik having a safety. Make it's the same against every team we've played. It's just can kind of be times we're shutting off and we're letting teams in, and giving them a chance to score. But other than let's goal, you know they never pressured Anik at all. No, but you could obviously say the same for us. We only forced Rogers, into the mm-hmm. Safe for Sean as his header, but I hadn't ended up uh, got the point, so doesn't it doesn't. It's uh, maybe at the start of the season, I think it was Conor McCarthy saying in an interview after the game that uh, at the start of the season, we probably wouldn't have got a point. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's another point on the board for the charge for top six, so now nah, we'll take it. How
4: good is it to be sitting frustrated at only taking a point away for Marnock? Aye, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then,
3: then we'll look on to. Obviously, our next match, home at Motherwell. Uh, A struggling Motherwell side that have not been up to a lot. The only issue is they seem to have quickly solved their goalkeeping issue. They've signed Liam Kelly to come into goals, so we won't get to see, unfortunately. Um, Chapman. Is that his name? Chapman. Chapman. Uh, Which clearly looked like a man who has never been in goals his entire life. God knows where that (laughs) performance came from, but it was hilarious to watch. I do think
2: his worst mistake was the one that wasn't a goal. <laughs> it was, uh, the one where really he comes
1: money. charging it. <laughs> <laughs> he caught
3: <laughs> the cross and dropped the ball. <laughs> oh, I knew. Roger's-esque. That's like when a lot of people were saying, like, this is Hamilton um, coming back, like, in, ha- Hamilton are doing good, and then you watch those highlights and you go, fucking hell, they really aren't up to much, are they, Hamilton? Like, um, the... the that keeper made more than three mistakes. They really should have scored a lot. Even that one that you mentioned there, where he ran out like that—that uh, that Alex went—or really should have scored that.
2: Aye, there's, it was just mental work. I've never actually seen a goalkeeper make that many mistakes in a game. Like obviously we've seen goalies for us have shite games and they've maybe like let one slip under them, but I've never actually seen a guy constantly keep making the same error. Like there was fucking two goals. He just didn't even go for with his hands. He actually like the first goal. I think it looks as if he's actually trying to knee slide and chest at it. Mm-hmm. Which fair play if he got it? It looks amazing if he's done it. <laughs> he's near he came on the other bar and end up as well.
1: It looked like he was playing one and out at five. You know that way we you just <laughs> hang a foot out just in case.
2: But
1: mm-hmm. if
2: it goes in, it goes in. Fuck it. it, it I think I read. I think it was a real fan had said obviously Jordan Archer so had signed for Middlesbrough yesterday, mm-hmm. and apparently he was told and before Christmas, he could go in and spend Christmas and New Year with his family because he was going to believe in anyway, which then obviously the hang happened to Carson and then they've been forced to play with Chapman and goals, so I mean, Jordan Archer's pretty shite as well but I mean, you'd probably rather him because he's got hands than Chapman So, <laughs> I, I don't think he's never going to come back for that, is
3: he? Nah, he no.
2: He'll, he'll <laughs> never play a game again, he'll be a backup goalie forever
3: mm-hmm. That's a glorious Karius effort in it Career ruined. Um, yeah, well, they have now signed Liam Kelly, who I think actually is mm-hmm. probably a much better keeper than Trevor Carson is as well. So, um, it's a pretty good um, sign for them. Obviously, his debut is going to be on Saturday against us. You would think. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, for the rest of the team, though, it's still not looking too good for Motherwell, and they they don't actually have a manager in place. now it was um, Keith Lasley is currently caretaker. Can't imagine him coming up with a tactical mastermind to win this match, I generally think this should be three points to us if we play to our best that we can.
4: That's exactly it. So that's one of the fixtures that's that we're prone to losing when we're expecting a win. Um, but no, it's a Motherwell team that are in about a bit of free fall at the moment. I don't think they've won since... October. End of October, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess it's two teams going up against each other that have a wee bit of a problem scoring but I still expect us to take three points out of the game it's the kind of, it's the kind of game we need to be taking three points from if we want to be pushing up the table and really making a crack at the top six
3: yeah to be fair Motherwell are, we're kind of like their bogey team Like we, we tend to beat them quite a lot even, I, even when was, they were doing well
2: I, since we've come back up for the I think yeah, for the championship, I think we've only lost twice to them, maybe three times I think we've lost them, the other games we've either drew or won, but we've recently had a really good record against Motherwell, so mm-hmm. that, I think, as you were saying, uh, it looks as if it might be Lasley that's taking caretakers, I think they were, there was an article coming out today saying that they're looking to try and get some in in the next 48 hours, I think the people getting interviewed were uh, Lasley, Tommy Wright, Simon Grayson and Graham Alexander, mm-hmm. but... I mean, you'd, you'd think the obvious choice for that one's Tommy Wright, and if Tommy Wright can get them in for Saturday, I think they've got, Motherwell definitely have a good team that's... They've got players all over the park that can cause problems for a lot, but you'd think it'd be a bit early for a new manager to come in and get a tune at them when we're playing the way we are. Aye. So they don't get the new manager bounce until
4: Saturday. Aye.
3: It's kind of like, um, I think, who was it Gus McPherson that done it where he used to sign a lot of players for versatility? Or was that Danny Lennon? I don't know. Motherwell seemed to have done that, but then their issue is they don't actually know. Rather than knowing their best formation, they don't know which players is their best position. Like Marco Harris played like six six positions all over this. Um, all right. He was a player that that we all knew had quality about him, but they've not been able to get a tune out of them. They've had Bavis McGabby playing in three or four positions. Um, I, I saw Stephen O'Donnell's now left. Yeah. Um, uh, he looks like he's going down south, uh, but then I noticed people on Twitter saying that Richard Tate was much better than him. Anyway, uh, I think they're absolutely raging that Tate is they've, they've left, let him go, and I'm happy that he's found a new home with us.
2: Aye, mm-hmm. they've. Uh, nah, I know what you're saying obviously with the players playing in mental positions that like they've got Grimshaw playing at left back, and he's a right-footed right back, and he looks one-footed when mm-hmm. you see mechanically the ball. He's left foot, <laughs> so you'd obviously like to see players like Connolly or McAllister, whoever starts, like to have a go at somebody who doesn't really look comfortable in their positioning, especially with whoever starts up front. Love to see him with a go at M'Gabby and uh, Gallagher's kind of been as good as he's been for Scotland as we've all seen. He's really been a bit shaky and prone to a wee error for Motherwell, so mm-hmm. uh, you'd like to think it's a game that we can pick up a routine win because they don't really offer much up front either, so yeah, I'm pretty confident heading into Saturday.
3: I read a few few things that a lot of people think Gallagher's head's turned because he's he's a shoe in to go to Celtic because his contract's up at the end of the season and they're looking to try and force him maybe a move through in January. It's a tough job uh, whoever the new Mullerwell manager is going to have to replace these players, but it's not for us to worry about too much. But we can now have a wee look at the sort of sign-ins that we, we, we could potentially make this January plus the ones that we just have. Um, I'm going to come to Mark first. There's someone who took, play, took part in a flat cap Sunday. Uh, what, what are you going to do to celebrate the, the signing of Eamon Brophy?
1: I've already been on Amazon for the, the most movie-real Twilight werewolf costume you've ever seen. <laughs> and I'll, be, I'll be sure not in i not going him on
3: that. But yeah, uh, Eamon Brophy, it has been announced that he has signed a a pre-contract he'll be joining in the summer there are talks about him possibly coming in before that but I have to say is that absolutely fantastic signing someone like if you told me like last season that we had a chance to bring in Brophy to try and fix our striker issues like you you, of course you would absolutely take that like yeah his form's not been that great this um this season but he's he's still a a class act and a player that you'd never really think that Mern would have a right to go for and beat other teams round about to actually get that Contract
2: signed? Aye, 100%. Profi's a guy who I've watched quite a lot, unlike a lot of the people who are kind of blasting the signing. Profi's uh, a good player. He gives defences a horrible time. I think you've, we've all seen him playing games, higher profile games against Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, etc. He's ran defenders, in, uh, ran defenders into the ground. He's a lot more than goals. He mm-hmm. link up, plays pretty good. He's strong. He can hold the ball up well. He's got a great first touch. And I think the big important thing for me is he's fast as well. Mm-hmm. I think we a lot of other strikers all the other strikers are really blessed with the most pace I think Obika's be probably the fastest and it doesn't really say much but he, I think he gets Brofies one, one get the,
3: quick run of game, in that is him
2: aye I think Brophy's got like, the ability to stretch defences for 90 minutes and hopefully hopefully we can get him in for January because it could really seriously bolster the hopes of getting into the top six big time and make us a real threat if we've got someone to convert the chances that we're making
4: Absolutely. I mean, um, to Marais is obviously out. Um, if we can get Brophy in this month, that's a, that's a Carlsberg uh, transfer window as far as I'm concerned. But no, I would totally agree with what Sam said. Uh, there's a load of folk online bleating on about how um, it's not that good a signing. Um, I totally disagree. I honestly think this is probably the best forward signing we've made on paper in several years. He's um, fast, he scores goals, he can hit a free kick. Obviously, hits a lot of penalties. Um, yeah, like Jamie said, He's known the best for him this season But if he was He wouldn't be coming to us And hopefully we can We can get a tune out of him And get him up and running um, As soon as he comes in um, Aye I,
1: I don't think it's that he's just Like a good sign-in in theory as well Because he's young And he's scored
3: mm-hmm.
1: A reasonable amount of goals And he's at a Scotland cap I think he actually solves A lot of things That, that maybe trouble us just now mm-hmm. I think for me That the kind of catalyst For us to push on And start turning You know plucky Plucky draws and stuff Into into picking up three points was McGrath Taking shots You know mm-hmm. and, You know Joel spilling that one And and whatever else we've, we've pushed on Because we're actually Taking the position We've been getting get, Taking the positions We've been getting into And actually just having a go And, and if there's one thing You can accuse Brophy of It's, it's taking shots You know I think the Kelly fans mm-hmm. Are probably a bit tired of it To be honest Because they this this shoot from from Just about everywhere I actually think putting someone like that up front for us is, is a good thing. I, I think we're probably a wee bit shot shy at times. One shot on target at the weekend kind of tells its own its own story. So I think you put him in a team with, with McGrath, with, with the, the wingers we've got now that seem to be hitting a bit of form with guys like Cami or Ethan or, or Jake Boyle Hayes who are putting people into good positions. I, th- I think it just it's a very sensible sign and I don't think it's us spending a huge amount of budget on someone just because it's a name and because it looks exciting on paper i think it's more likely a, a very well considered signing another very well considered signing from from goodwin and, and makes a lot of sense
3: mm-hmm. on a three-year deal as well is a massive inte- yep. like sh- sign of intention like um there are obviously talks whether we can bring him in this month uh, it kind of looks like that would hinge on comarnock having a replacement um we did see that there was someone on Twitter mentioning that there was a possibility of a swap deal um, between us and Kilmarnock. Who that player might have been, don't know. We kind of went, would it be Marias? Marias has now went to is Boreham Woods uh, on loan. Um, so that w- alone would make you think that we are trying to free up space for someone to come in. Um, who, who else would possibly be that? Would it be Lee Erwin going back to Kilmarnock? Um I can't see it being Obika. I think he's too important of a player for us. Um, And I couldn't see Obika going to another Scottish club after us. I know there's a lot of rumours that his contract's up at the end of the season and whether he's going to stay or not. But I'd imagine if he was to leave us, it would be to go down south. I can't imagine him signing for another Scottish club. However, I did think the same about Simeon Jackson and he ended up at Kilmarnock, so who knows.
2: I had thought that maybe it might have been Erwin, but can Erwin play for another club this season? Because he's played for us in Ross County. Is it three or is it two?
3: That's a good point. It's two.
2: Because mm-hmm. it, if it's two, then that rules air, it, And if it's a forward player, then it'll be a bit, Obviously, if the rumours are true that Kelly are signing the guy for Ireland
3: mm-hmm.
2: eh, in the next week, it kind of rules it out being a forward player. And I don't really see Goodman being keen on letting a... A lot of our midfielders are all good. I think all of our midfielders are all good players. Yeah. And I don't we'd let any of them go to a rival team.
3: Yeah, I couldn't see any other position on the park of where... Uh, who would be let go... Um, no, nah, I couldn't see it. Unless
1: Dennis, Dennis is maybe
3: doing the other mm-hmm. player. And what? I and I and I do feel slightly sorry for Dennis. Like I think that it was he was just finding his place in the team. People were starting to see what he could offer, and then we went and signed another striker that's clearly better than him. Which I'm not complaining about. I just on a personal level do feel a bit sorry for Christian Dennis. Um, Maraius is away. Uh, whether like that's a view to a permanent or just to get him like more minutes, like we we've seen in in a bit of better form towards the the past few games. Um, Sorry, wait,
4: wait, what's does that sound? I, I think that's a uh, Ross cheering.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to admit that uh, he, he did have a few decent performances coming off the bench ah. holding the ball up and we, we definitely found the position for him which was just hold the ball in the corner because no one's going to get the ball off him
4: all well, jokes aside um, Junior for lack of goal scoring skill he certainly never gave anything less than 100% yeah. um, he just isn't good enough when
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. but... yeah. oh, you go Mark
4: no, I
1: was just going to echo what you said there. I, I think every minute that he was on the pitch for us, he, he grafted. I think he he suffered for being, you know, advertised as a striker. And a lot of the time he got minutes, he was hung out wide. I, I remember, I think it was away a at Celtic. We we held on, or no, in fact it was Hibs. It was Easter Road in February. That's what it was. He he played wide right, and I think he was getting absolutely crucified for their goal. And you're kind of thinking, this is like a five foot four striker. Been held out against like a wider pack and set piece delivery and, and target man and everything are probably at the top end of the, the table and he's getting criticised not for scoring goals while essentially playing like as a second right back at that point and getting played out of position to do that. So I, I don't think he's had much fortune, but at the same time, he's not taking the chances he's, he's had. And yeah. in, in that statement, it's a, it almost looks like a dig saying. You know, in his time in the stripes, he made 47
2: appearances and scored two goals. It almost feels like a dig. It like, is what it is. Aye. It's, it's sad because I'm kind of quick to criticise a lot of people, and I've probably been glad to see people go in the past. At the same time, I'm obviously glad to see his moving players on all that good But I do genuinely feel bad. I think Junior's comes across. I've never. Well, I've never been one of the people myself, Tim, and I've been in a stadium, screamed abuse at him. Mm-hmm. I always appreciate watching guys who give a hundred percent. But as Craig says, he's just not good enough. And if you're getting Marais for a Scotland international, then it's a bit of a no-brainer, isn't
3: it? Mm. <laughs> Agreed. And uh, looking at other potential departures. I presume well, we can presume that Nathan Sheridan's away. Like as we said last week, we forgot he was even in the squad. Um, he has not even made appearances from the bench or on the bench at least. Um, yeah, another player who's just uh, had maybe one good game for us. The rest of it's not. He's not been good enough, and um, yeah, he's away. I'm, I presume. I presume.
4: I would assume the same. Um, if you look at our squad list and you were to pick out a midfielder. Or- defender, um, whoever that is going to be next at the door this month, he's got to be the top of the list
2: mm-hmm. uh, If we're having 60% possession in games then Sharon doesn't fit in our, no. our midfield, unfortunately Aye, I think I said earlier I know, when we were talking about it earlier, I think Sharon would do well with a team like Hamilton a, a team who are going to be playing quite dogged. they're not really looking to be on the ball quite a lot they need a guy to go and break up I think one of Sharon's like, for three the one thing I thought was quite positive but He was good at winning the ball yeah. But it was when he got on the ball It was really, really worrying Because he done absolutely nothing with it So, nah, it's another one as well It's not really his fault, he's not good enough So, wish him luck yeah, If he does leave this month If he doesn't, then he's going to be Sitting, picking splinters at his arse on the bench For <laughs> another six months So,
3: Playing angry, Birds
2: for.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and looking at the rest of the squad I can't see many others departing like, there isn't really anybody that go, yeah, maybe him. Like, nah, nah, I, I generally don't see it. Looking at players who potentially could come in, um, again, it was a bit of a difficult one. This because for the first time in a while, we've, we've had a really good squad. Like, I remember the last two podcasts that we've done where, um, we, we've had to like put out who we think we should sign. We had like lists of like 10, 15 players that we think that player could be good. Now we've got an absolutely fantastic squad that really wouldn't take too much to change it. So I'll, I'll open it up to who wants to come in first with um, any potential incomings that you would like to see. sam hand up.
2: I go for it. I'll go first. Uh, I actually had a wee look and I think I thought we had the same player at one point when we were talking about yeah. uh, looking at a loan coming in for Rangers. Uh, I really like Greg Stewart. And obviously Greg's the guy who's no played at all this whole season he can play <coughs> wide left which is I think an area that I'd love us to strengthen it looks mm-hmm. as if any time Dermis isn't going to play we're going to need to play Mason there sure. uh, so I'd like to see as if we're going to maybe go for somebody for the left hand side if we look at him uh, another one down in England down at Burton who's not really been getting a game Stephen Lawless mm-hmm. uh, there was a guy who during the summer when he got released off of Livingston I uh, would have loved us to go for him You know, he contributed a lot he was a main part of how Livingston kind of played uh, I think I had Brophy now they've, I think in capital letters now wrote down <laughs> but uh, I'd love to see us get Brophy in this month as well and kind of if we're looking to the future for ones that are for pre-contract agreements I really like Harry Payton who's looking as if he's going to be leaving Ross County at the end of the season and uh, Daniel Armstrong another winger at Rafe Rovers but uh, I'm the same as you Jamie, it doesn't really mm-hmm. look as if we need to strengthen anywhere, mm-hmm. I'd, if, if we don't get a left winger then aye so be it but if we did I'd love us to maybe see another real bit of quality and somebody mm-hmm. like kinda Greg Stewart or Stephen Lawless would really fit the bill and just yeah. again as what we said about Brophy it just bolsters your chances of finishing the top half if we've got players that are proven at this level.
3: Lawless is a really good shout as well I, I generally forgot about him but I'm pretty sure we mentioned him at the start of the season as a player we could have uh, brought in before he went to Burton. um Aye. Re- really as a he's a strong player um, and was a really integral part of that Livingston squad like any time we played him he was definitely a standout um, performer and you kind of knew that he was away when they were talking about bringing in Island like, Forrest so yeah um, Yeah, that is a good shout. Yeah, we did think that we had the same player, but I've went for someone else. I've went for one that I know for a fact fans will be absolutely raging about. However, I do think he could do a job and that is Jordan Jones. Uh, Jordan Jones um, has not really had a great time at Rangers. Uh, We've seen him play really well for Kilmarnock and then not really been given the chance at Rangers. They've also brought in much better players than him to play in that position. So he's not not really going to have a chance. He's not really helped himself with, um, you know, breaking COVID rules, but then our whole squad's broke the rules as well. So I'm sure we could forgive him on that point because we're forgiven our own team. <laughs> and, you know, why not have him linking up with Brophy again? Because, um, you know... Someone much better journalist than me would probably have a look at the stats and see how much they linked up. I have not done that. I've just (laughs) made the assumption that that happened uh, because um, the last time that we really saw the best of Brophy was under Stevie Clark with uh, Jordan Jones playing alongside him as well. So if that link up could potentially happen again, that'd be really nice. Uh, A nice wee loan move for the rest of the season. Why not? uh, Speaking
4: of former Kamarnock and Rangers players, I um, I didn't go for Jordan. We are the people, Jones, but I did have Greg Stewart written down as well. Um, uh, maybe a little bit fantastical, I don't know, but I'd like to think we could maybe attract him and on a loan deal for a few months if Brophy isn't going to come in. Um, like Sam says, he's not really had a sniff at all this season. I think he's only been on the bench a handful of times in the league and in Europe. Um, I don't even think he's had more than one 90 minutes this season, so maybe there's a wee bit of a fitness issue there if he was to come in. But that kind of player, you don't really care if he takes two or three games to get up to speed um, for that kind of quality. The only worry I would have is that um, would Profi then look like a step down when he comes in in six months' time if we've had six months of Greg Stewart? Um, the other one I had which I was really struggling to think who we could possibly bring in um, but I look across the team and I don't really see any need for any other players I thought Ross Wallace might be worth a punt because he's still without a club I know he is almost as old as Chris Park but um, bringing him back in for I don't know like a, a deal until the end of the season maybe page the player whatever just a, a clever kind of player that might chip in with a couple of assists maybe the odd goal he's played in multiple positions as well Um Probably yeah. too slow now for playing down the wing, but with a guy that can hit a you know five pen speed for about half a mile
3: away, rough a shot. We definitely saw like what he could do towards mm-hmm. the end of last season as well when he came in for a bit. Yeah, why not? Like um, when you do look at our squad, we do it, like other than the back line, which is very experienced. We don't really have a an old head in about that squad. So you know, bringing Ross Wallace in, like even in the background as well, could be a lot a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Especially when we've got young wingers like Connolly and stuff like that. I'm sure Ross Wallace could teach him a few things.
4: Right, that was my can just get somebody a bit of experience just to kind of like add to the numbers and come on occasionally but kind of bring the young players through a wee bit as well just for the experience. Plus he they was on that uh, the Open Goal podcast he was on and he came across really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we could do worse but... Like you've both said, we don't really need many players and it's amazing to be sitting in this position in January compared to last year and the year before where we must have signed about three squads worth.
3: Yeah. And uh, and also we've got to mention that our success rate with mentioning players and then them coming in has been quite high. However, we did name nearly every single player that got released last (laughs) season, so that was clearly going to have some overlap. This one might be a bit tougher, but it'd be interesting to see if it comes true again.
1: I think um, you, you can add me to the, the tally marks for Greg Stewart as well. Um, didn't realise his contract's up in the summer as well. Um, so that is potentially someone who the Rangers might want to get the wage out slightly, slightly earlier. They might. He's. I think. I think the, the stats I checked. I think he's made two appearances. But I, I don't think they're starts. Like mm-hmm. he's he's not contributing just now. Um, I'd be I'd be amazed if someone wasn't trying to take him at least on loan for now and. If not similar to what we are trying to do with where we are trying to wrap them up in the summer, and, and then kind of convince them almost to, to let you take them before there. Um, I had a look at players that were, were um, coming up for free in the summer, and I think there's actually Greg Kilkenny at Comarnock as well, is also mm. up in the summer, um, and has been mentioned. I think around a couple of places that he, he signed a one-year extension last summer and hasn't not agreed a deal this year. So that I've always liked that would be, him that, that would be a seen, major be as player. well. Yeah. Um yeah, you don't know if it's kind of um a bit of a fantasy or whatever, like I don't know what he's on and, and what he's courting but it could be an interesting signing for sure. Um another one that you can probably put in the kind of um fantasy column, but I was amazed this guy hadn't been picked up. But I, I was looking um just for inspiration, I think it's similar to you guys. It was tough to find people who A were probably available and, and B were within our kind of in our kind of um um, you know, realistic field of of targets. So like the guy Andre Green that was at Aston Villa with Boyle Hayes, um, and I think it was in the youth team all the way through with Boyle Hayes. I read a couple of things which I think mentioned that there were there were pals um, in, in the youth system there as well. He he got released the same day as Boyle Hayes and hasn't got a club. Been linked with like three, four, five clubs in the Championship. QPR were mentioned, Brentford, and a couple others, but that's been since October and he's not been picked up anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can't go on much longer Before you're a guy like That's just going to want to play And I wonder if The same You know Sweet nothings That Goodwin whispered In Doyle Hayes's years About coming up here And playing And been part of What seems to be A fairly attractive Set up and system You wonder if a guy like that Will say You know Fuck it Will take Six months up there for And yes. see what it does and, and maybe move on But from anything I've seen from long before I've I, I looked into What he's done on loan before And I think he plays A fair bit for Villa In the championship as well So
3: mm-hmm.
1: Seems like a really exciting wide player and I'm
3: asking the question of
1: Doyle Hayes about guys that
3: he's played with. Yeah. yeah certainly. And we, we um, should, before we move on there, we should actually mention about Doyle Hayes that that, that would be a, a massive signing within itself if we managed to... Um, obviously, we, we were talked about it last week about his contract being extended and whether... Obviously, it's not been signed yet, but um, they're hoping apparently to get that sorted by the end of the week. But the fact that that could be a three-year deal... Is, is an unbelievable piece of business like generally when okay. when we signed him for the, like, the rest of the season and then there was talks about an ex- extension you generally thought it would maybe just be an extra year on that contract um, for him to put himself out there a bit more and, but for an extra three years, unbelievable unbelievable bit of business if that happens, but oh, sorry on you go Mark <laughs> No, that it's similar
1: to profit it's, it's, you've got to look at something like that as an investment, that's the club realistically thinking if we pay him a reasonable amount of money you're probably not expecting either of them to see out their three year contracts yeah. I would expect you're, you're hoping that they play well enough that you're going to turn that around maybe in 18 months to a year's time and I've got no no issue at all if that's what the club wants to do it would seem like a fairly well measured gamble mm-hmm. to, to me um, in terms of other transfer targets that I, I kind of had a look about um, uh, up front it's kind of fun pickings really i spent a wee bit of time um, playing around in transfer marks and seeing <laughs> what was there and who was free and, and everything else um, Anthony Stokes still doesn't have a club after he walked out on Livingston, I know he burned some bridges and I would be amazed if he didn't walk up with John Hughes at, yeah. at
3: County um,
1: that would seem to be the,
3: a fairly safe bet I think that would obviously be the safe bet but do you know what, see for the absolute like meltdowns that Man fans would have I'd, happ- like I'd age. happily see it happen 'Cause it is, it is good entertainment. But um see see if we can't get Brophy in um for the before the summer, Stokes is a pretty decent player just to have for the next six months. Why not? Yeah. It's a gamble but and he walked he walked out of Livy because of the, the training pitch. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even playing on plastic pitches, it was he would he refused to train
1: on plastic pitches for the time, so you would you would think that would give us, you know, potentially a bit of an edge And, and if Livy were paying him then, you know we the best law in the world I don't think that puts him out of our, our budget so it's just really yeah a
3: he's, he's probably definitely not a in a good position good. to demand anything too high he just, needs no. a club, he just needs a club to offer him something that's if he's even interested yeah. anymore if he's completely lost interest in football then who knows but but as you said yeah. him rocking up at Ross County probably seems more likely
1: yeah a short-term deal to, to sell a shot and you might get a couple of goals out of him that, to me
3: seems like a fairly,
1: fairly low risk and mm-hmm. um, Possibility that he But who knows And then the other player That i have noticed That's still without a club And I don't think the 10, 15, 20 goals A season striker at all But Dolly Minger From, from Livy Still doesn't have a club oh. um, and, and I'd always Was quite impressed with him Like whenever I'd seen him Like I remember him Putting in a performance Maybe against Celtic Or, or Rangers When, when Livy had, had kind of been backs to the wall at home And it was like The most thankless task going And he actually Put himself about mm-hmm. Well he's, he's not Not a composed striker By any means But I thought it's strange that he hasn't had a pub living of his coming of guys over the summer actually mm-hmm. that haven't been been picked up there was, there was a kind of gluttony of, of guys just sitting about but that that would be one you know I don't think he's probably far from, from Scotland he'd, he'd, he'd maybe consider taking another another gig here he'd certainly come back here in the summer after he'd, he'd been away unknown very well so Beyond that, you're, you're looking at clubs that are maybe going to release someone, and I don't think we're ever going to crack the code on that and get in ahead of mm-hmm. getting ahead of your you know, kind of in the nose and whatnot. But yeah, and, and beyond that, there was a couple of a couple of loans. I thought you and Henderson made a cameo for Celtic the other
3: mm-hmm. the
1: other weekend and looked really good, but you don't see him getting in ahead of and um, you know Celtic probably get four or five number times to pick from. And, and white players that are getting fit again You, you wonder if, if he's maybe going to come out and put some first team football With cornell as well and mm-hmm. It came with really high reports And I think he's actually out in Dubai with Celtic just now And training him with the first team again You wonder if got, that's going to get pushed out For some first team football and, and I'm not a bit of a thought taking on guys like that Who are obviously talented and, and just putting a bit of extra cover in the squad I um, don't think it's a bad thing at
3: all Is Mikey Johnson still broken? Usually he's linked every now and then He's back now He's back in the squad now Is he? Uh, maybe maybe might worth taking a, a loan option on him, but then, I
2: don't, I don't. I don't know why you wouldn't just ask the question, yeah, <laughs> just
3: see if they say I don't know because we've asked it before and they, we got to know why not this time when he's been out injured for a while. Maybe he's but then Celtic really don't have that much to play for, yeah. Possibly they could make like are they realistically going to? make up that gap between Rangers so it's probably the best time to start playing players like that I'd say for Celtic Um, so you might be a bit hard to try and get players on loan from them but um, again ask the question Um, another player I have written down and this is I I generally it's not a position we need filled in I don't think it would happen however it's like one of those ones in Football Manager when you've already got five midfielders and then you see another one pop up and you go he'd be quite good, wouldn't he? And then you end up with too many players in that one position. Um, Thomas Robert from Airdrie, he has currently been linked about the SPL quite a lot, but I'm including, including uh, Celtic and Rangers. Um, if he goes to the Celtic or Rangers in January, um, you would generally think that he's not going to make um, the step straight into their first-team squads, so why not have a wee loan move? Obviously, it'd probably be better for them just to loan him back to Airdrie for the rest of the season. But again, he's he's a talented midfielder and... Um, I think Hamilton have also been linked with them and so have done the United. Uh, why not? <laughs> I mean, but, what, the reason probably why not is we have a load of midfielders that are they're quite good as as well, but... He's a poor
1: guy, if he's moved to Airdrie to think, he'll get a glamorous move and then he just shuffles along to Hamilton. <laughs> he kind of gets trapped in Lannichon. No one, No
3: one wants that. Uh, other players... Um, uh, I think this was what Ross was mentioning in the group chat, uh, he was talking about Liam Polworth, his um, contract's up at the end of the season as well, isn't it? So I think that was like a pre-contract deal that we could go for. And then another one he mentioned, which I think you also mentioned as well, Craig, um, is Lewis Morgan, which would obviously help us on the left wing. He has seasons currently over at MLS, um, a wee loan move back until their season starts again could be an option, and as uh, Ross mentioned... Uh, it's closer for Stevie Clark to see him if he wants to have any contention of being in that Euro squad.
4: Very true. I I do think that the MLS MLS season starts in March or April time, so I'd imagine it might rule him out because he'll be back over um, probably a couple of weeks before the training starts because I guess he'll need to isolate. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Um, So it might rule him out, but that would be fantastic if we could. Um, He might not even be going back there because I know that um, I think Notts Forest and that are in for him as well, so Wonder what's going on there. Um, plus, it depends if their new manager wants them or not. I think it's Phil Neville.
3: Is that who it is? Oh, Can't tell you. Think so, aye. I haven't absolutely lost complete knowledge of English football. I generally don't know anything. <laughs> but uh, any more for any more? Yeah. Oh
2: no, listed minor. Do 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 is
1: available If eh? anyone's interested, who? Joe Dodd, what oh, I oh, remember
3: him? He was, he was going to be the—he's wor- I remember a guy in my work went. He's worth about sixty million. I mean, that's why he's signed for years. Um, who was the other one that was? was it Jordan Ross or something that was he not supposed to be? Aye,
2: the one for Liverpool. Aye, he was supposed to be the next Stephen Gerrard when he broke through at Liverpool and they place for Joey Barton's
3: Fleetwood. So well, it's not Joey Barton's Fleetwood anymore. Aye, know anymore. Nathan Sheridan Fleetwood. Uh, aye. <laughs> but yeah, I,
2: uh, another one out of contract is pure fantasy but uh, he's he's Belgun Calvis I'd actually cancel the deal we get Calviz in. <laughs> Jesus just for nostalgia
3: anything, if you could only put anything to be said for Billy no nothing could be said <laughs> for is there, Billy is there me.
4: anything to be said
3: for Billy uh, <laughs> I have got a pipe that needs fixed <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had a choice uh, between Gavin Riley Eamon Brophy, or Esmil Goncalvis who would you choose <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gavin Riley right at the bottom anyway but <laughs> uh, nah I think in all seriousness I'd rather brophy but yeah. I'd love to see Calvez back one day after he says he was going to come back so <laughs> I don't remember we'll any that.
3: I, just, I always laugh at like our fans absolutely do love him and like, I mean I, I'm a big ass my fan I don't think that he's probably going to be anywhere near the player that we had um, no, no like, we saw that Hartley wasn't the player that we had previously but <laughs> see, even see the, the player of the year um after like that was his last season he did say to everybody see you next season like uh, I don't know if he was just winding people up or he genuinely thought he'd done enough I I don't understand where that came from but uh fair enough that is who potential St. signings um whether any of them come to fruition we will see uh we thanks for listening we did put a thing on Twitter saying that we are a year old this week um thank you all for download we've been downloaded and listened to over fifteen thousand times which is mental in forty countries. Some weird ones in there as well, which um like and it's always funny, there's one in France, um and when you click it there's like a few in Paris, but there's one in that downloads nearly every one of our episodes in this little town which has a population of like two thousand people. And I just think it's weird that there's just some person sitting there listening to us, but it has been unbelievable. Thanks for listening and as always fuck Alex Ray. Uh,
2: bring it back, we'll go for a uh, fuck Kyle Hutton. I've seen something about him the other day playing part time, so uh, fuck Kyle Hutton.
4: Well, um, shout out to the listener in uh, Burkina Faso and uh, <laughs> uh, fuck Stuart Carswell then.
3: I genuinely thought you were going to come up with some like mental player that's hated in Burkina Faso. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I'll keep it a bit more recent and just go for a, a straightforward fuck you, Danny Rogers.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: fuck you, Danny Rogers.